As always, it is my pleasure that you join me for today's podcast of Second Chance Coaching. My name is Dr. Richard Lewis. If you'd be so kind as to leave me a rating and your feedback, I would very much appreciate it, and it will help others like you to optimally discover this podcast wherever you listen to this and your other favorite podcast. As you know, at Second Chance Coaching, we focus on seeing everyday life through the eyes of the returning citizen and highlighting the resiliency of the human spirit. I would love to work with you one-on-one, whether you're a returning citizen or coaching client seeking your second chance, or you're a representative of a business, college, or university seeking to integrate and support returning citizens in your respective organizational and learning environments. Please feel free to contact me via email at richard at secondchancecoaching.com or via Instagram at the Dr. Richard Lewis. Welcome again to another edition of Second Chance Coaching. As always, it is my pleasure to join you on another week of your re-entry journey from whichever corner of the world you're listening from. We always remain humbled and excited that you decided to spend a part of your week with us. You know, this past week, uh, we celebrated Thanksgiving here in the United States of America, and I was so excited and looked forward to Thanksgiving. Overall, it was good, but I have to say, for those of you in my age category, let's just say I had a Griswold family type of Thanksgiving. So Griswold comes from the Chevy Chase vacation movie. So if I say that, you kind of know how it turned out. So that means it was definitely pretty interesting uh, for the Thanksgiving holiday. But now when I look back on it, and even in the moment, I was laughing and I was just happy to have an incredible time together with my family. That is something I cannot trade for anything in the world. You know, the first thing I'll say that, that it made it a Griswold type of event was uh, my, my baby granddaughter had a fever, so she couldn't travel and visit with us. But thank goodness she's doing better now. And then the next thing that happened, my sister and I decided not to cook. We said, okay, we'll order Thanksgiving from Honey Baked Ham, and that'll cater our Thanksgiving feast. And that turned out to be a disaster as well. I waited in Honey Baked Ham. I waited in line at Honey Baked Ham here in Pembroke Pines for over three hours just to be told that when I got to the end that they ran out of food or they probably didn't even have any to begin with. And I was like, what? (laughs) You know that I made sure that we got our money back. But we figured, but you know, I was telling my sister, she was driving down on Thanksgiving Day. I figured we'd have time to find something that would be open to salvage at least the Thanksgiving Day meal. So my sister, my niece, and the twins were driving down on Thanksgiving Day. And while driving down, I get a phone call from my sister and she's keeping me updated as to where she's going, you know, how she's progressing and moving along, discovers that her Airbnb reservation had not sent her the details yet for the check-in. And then she discovered that the listing might have been a scam listing listing because this listing had 17 cancellations. And I don't know why Airbnb still continue to let this, let this uh, residence continue to post their availability. So she called Airbnb customer service. And after searching for available properties on Thanksgiving evening, she finally found one property in Fort Lauderdale, which was really nice, but it was about $200 more expensive than her original reservation. But I have to give it up to the Airbnb. They did right by my sister and they covered the difference. 
by the time we by the time we got them situated and checked in because they came to my house first and I drove them over. We we and they were checked in. And I want to make sure they were fine. We looked long and wide for any place that was open. And and uh, when we found one takeout restaurant, the one takeout restaurant that was open, we ordered food from there. Had the food, and the food was absolutely horrible, horrible. But through everything, we were laughing because we were together. And thank God it wasn't worse. You know, next year, we're definitely cooking for sure. Definitely cooking for sure. But um, but before I continue telling some of the other funny stories that happened, I want to make sure that I send a shout out to a good friend of mine who's a motivational speaker and is very big in the re- in the criminal justice reentry movement. And that's Mr. Andre Norman. A lot of you who follow this podcast may know of Andre's work. Um, but got news this week that um, Andre's mother had passed away over the Thanksgiving weekend. So I wanted, I definitely expressed my condolences to Andre, and I want to publicly do that on the podcast now to express my condolences to Andre and his family. And I tell you, Andre, you've been there for me. You're the one who helped me bring up the Nandi scholarship and certainly was there for me when my mother passed away. And I can tell you guys, um, for one of the most painful and hard things to see is to see a, a man who has to say goodbye to his mother. You know, I know Andre's going through that. I've gone through it. I've seen friends of mine go through it. And certainly we're here for you, brother. My condolences, my thoughts, my prayers with you. Um, the comfort that you have is that, you know, mom lived a long life. She she produced and extended love to so many different people, including you and your siblings. And now you're a product of all her goodness. And now she rests in peace. And in that, we still hold you in our hearts. We pray for God's sustainable comfort and, and, and strength. So for you and yours, so, and anything you need, you certainly reach out to us. So thank you, Andre. And we, and we're here for you. And continuing our conversation about Thanksgiving weekend, the very same weekend. So the Griswold themed weekend, I also had to deal with the with condo HOA drama as one of the residents was upset about the new budget and the increase in the HOA, HOA fees and was really trying to dig up laws that the budget process and the notification process wasn't followed and we may have to use the same budget for next year. And he bringing up all this Florida law that was a little like, certainly he had a misinterpretation of the Florida law. And of course, there's fellow board members on there that from a voting standpoint, we definitely don't get along. They don't read the law. They run scared all the time. And that's part of the reason why we're in the situation we're in today. Some of the decisions that they made. But I calmly, at first I wasn't calm, but I calmly addressed the situation in a respectful yet assertive way. As one of my friends once told me, and I made sure I said I, I did it in a very assertive way, but I was respectful. Well, it was one of my friends has always told me the last thing he wants to be on the wrong end of is a Richard Lewis adversarial email. <laughs> But, you know, you know, we'll surely get through it. And many condos are in the same situation. We'll get through it and we do what we got to do. But I tell you, these these folks are just not easy. But, you know, like everything, it's a process and we'll go through it. And I trust these processes will make us better in the end. And of course, you know, I'll continue to keep you updated and amused about this uh, HOA stuff. Well, with all that said, I hope you're having a great Thanksgiving. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving holiday weekend and you're enjoying the start of the Christmas holiday season. This week, we also started the, 
the last two weeks of the fall term at the school. So there's plenty of time. There's plenty of um, time and things that are going on with presentations, final exams, extra credit requests, visits to my office during office hours, seeking supplemental instruction. It's a hectic time a year, but it's close to the conclusion of term where where we'll have a break, which will be a good thing. Which will be a good thing for us as well. I have to say one thing about the end of the term. At the time in which I'm recording the podcast, I I, I had a class last night with one of my business classes. And they had their final presentation. And I, you know, I give constructive feedback because at the end of the day, I'm not really concentrating on the grade they get. I mean, they'll pass the class or they'll excel in the class. So they'll do fine. But I really want them to get the life lessons that these things that they're going to do as graduates, how they're going to apply that in the real working world, so to speak, so they could be better than everyone else. Uh, A coworker of mine told me when I first started at the college that I'm working at now, he said to me, Richard, whatever you do, don't be average. And and I heard him, but it's something that continues to resonate over and over to just don't be average, to be better. And that's what I try to instill upon the students. So we was meeting in a Zoom meeting because some students could either be in person or be in Zoom. And one group wasn't happy with the, with the feedback that I gave them. And one of the students in that group was extremely disrespectful, you know, was like, well, you wasn't paying attention, blah, blah, blah. You know, talking to a teacher in a way that I, even to this day, teachers that I keep in touch with through social media, I would never talk to them that way. But, you know, this day and age and this generation of folks, people feel they could talk to you any kind of way that they want. And then after she said what she had to say and was very disrespectful, she clicked right off the Zoom call. Didn't even give a chance to have discourse. To me, it's okay if we disagree. That's not a problem. But to be disagreeable, to be disrespectful, and not give anyone a chance to have a conversation with you, to respond to what it is that you you have to say, at that point, you're no longer a student. You're a coward. So at the end of the day, how do you get better? How do you get better from that? By, By being petty, by not accepting constructive criticism. But you know, at the end of the day, they will be all right. I'll be all right as well. And in trying to improve what it is that you're in improving yourself by going to school, sometimes the biggest lessons you learn are not the lessons in the books. But I'll leave it at that when it comes to that. Speaking of lessons being learned, I had a conversation also earlier this week with a returning citizen who wanted to consult with me and talk to me about him starting his own business. You know, he wants to do something in the food service industry, and he's currently contemplating opening a food truck, opening a retail location on the beach. There's a couple of locations on the beach that are available, although I think they might be a little expensive as we when we did our research. Maybe he wants to incorporate food delivery in what he's doing, or maybe having a location in a high traffic area like a mall or park, or even a farmer's market. They have those down here that, that they could do all year that could be pretty profitable. And we had an extensive conversation about starting a business. And while He's definitely been successful in his reentry journey. He wanted to make the plunge into starting a business as a deep-seated desire to be the captain of his destiny or own his own ship, so to say. I shared with him when we had these conversations that prior to opening Second Chance Coaching, I had numerous starts and stops in business ventures, which frustrated me and did not match with the dreams I had of opening or operating a business. Um... It didn't match those dreams that I had when I was incarcerated about owning a business. Now, I was not completely unsuccessful. I did did open my own income tax preparation and consulting business for a few years 
after incarceration, after incarceration, which I worked from home, I was mobile and visiting individuals and businesses and even did the work and even did work in insurance companies that that wanted to offer tax services as part of their services. Now, when the focus became clear as to what I wanted to wanted to do and how I wanted to do it, that's how Second Chance Coaching came about. And that's how it is with some of the other business ventures that I look into and I take into consideration as far as what I want to do going forward. I shared with him, as I will share with you today, and how starting a business is such an invaluable part of the reentry journey. It doesn't have to be a business that you even have to do full time. It could be a part time venture as well, if that's something that you wanted to do. You know, what I shared with him was the foundation of my inspiration in starting a business and really was when I was starting Second Chance Coaching. And that was reading a story about a gentleman who started a hot dog stand, or I think it was a hot dog cart in Hartford, Connecticut. You know, this gentleman was involved in street gangs and had been in and out of prison for most of his life, which left him saddled with a very long criminal justice history. But as with most of us, when the pandemic hit, his life was changed significantly. After his last prison stint, you know, he landed a job in a restaurant, but of course lost that job when the pandemic hit, as a lot of people unfortunately lost employment. And at this point, he wanted to do something different. And thinking about what he wanted to do next after the pandemic, what he knew for sure was he wanted to do something different. You know, it was in his heart, it was in his mind, it was in his, in you know, it was in it was on his heart, in his mind, in his soul. He wanted to do something different, and he loved working in the restaurant industry. That's something that he I read in his story that he loved working in 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 the restaurant industry, and in and part of his influences in loving cooking and 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 having that desire to cook and to serve others was from was cooking in the kitchen with his grandmother growing up. Now, during the pandemic, the other thing that he noticed was he was receiving much more money in unemployment benefits. So those of you who were who unfortunately was laid off during the pandemic, you might have got federal as well as state unemployment funds. And he and like maybe a lot of you, he was receiving unemployment benefits that that far surpassed what his regular paycheck would be. So he figured at that point, when the pandemic was over, because he knew those benefits weren't going to last forever, he figured he would save his money and he would purchase a hot dog lot. Now, this returning citizen, his name is Mr. Perry. And Mr. Perry offers, in, in Hartford, Connecticut, offers hot dog meals, free kid activities, and he has vendors working with him. And he also has a live DJ, all from a parking lot, all from a parking lot in the, in the uh, Pope Park section of Hartford. Now, this is the same place in which he committed crimes, and now, in the same place, he's now feeding the community and succeeding in his reentry journey, one hot dog at a time. Look at that. And in continuing this consultation, conversation, and visit, and process with the returning citizens I'm talking about, after being inspired through Mr. Perry's story, I shared with him the tips that I utilized through research and starting my previous business ventures as well as second chance coaching. You know, the things that I, you know, there was 10 tips that I, that, that I saw in this research that I wanted to share with them and I'll share with you as well. And this is 10 tips in starting a business as it pertains to those of us who are returning citizens. Number one, get a job in the industry in which you want to own a business. Mr. Perry did that. In me doing teaching, that's what I ended up doing and that's how second chance coaching came about. You know, Getting a job in the industry in which you want to own a business is a good thing because then you already know about it. Invest in your future business by building up your savings. That is just an old-fashioned thing. Save your money. 
Make friends with people who build you up and will help you reach your goals. Who else knows about the type of business that you want to get into? Who's an encourager? Talk to those people. Have that network be strong in its encouragement and strong in its knowledge. Build your team of support through positive relationships with your, with your parole officer and reentry organizations. A lot of times your parole officer wants to hear what the things that you're doing well, wants to help you out, may have a network of people that could also help you. And of course, reentry organizations, they're all about being, being helping you be successful. Number five, set short and long-term goals in an action plan. Every business has a roadmap for reaching their goals. While plans are flexible, they're also important. You got to put those plans in motion. Number six, use a personal budget and improve your credit score. A lot of, even though you're going to save money, there's going to be times that you're going to have to borrow money and utilize credit. And so you want to make sure that you have your personal budget in place and want to make sure that you have a, a, a good credit score. Because when you start out your business, even though a business is, is its own separate entity with its own EIN number, which is like a social security number for the business, your personal credit score is going to be what's going to determine how much money that the business could get. That's other people's money, so to speak. Number seven, do your research on the type of business that you want to do. Read books, read, listen to podcasts, YouTube videos, converse with folks, get as, be an information sponge. Even now, with Second Chance Coaching and some of the other things that I want to look into doing, I'm a constant information sponge. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't stop to hesitate to find out what it is that I want to find out because I think you're always learning, no matter what. Number Start drafting a business plan. You know, the, the, the Lean Canvas business model is a great tool. And I did that with someone. And, and let me talk to you about Lean Canvas real quick. And I won't divert. I know we're on number eight. You know, Lean, Lean Canvas is a one-page business model template that was created by Ash Moore as part of the Lean Startup methodology. And it's really designed to help entrepreneurs quickly and efficiently develop their business ideas and really test the viability of what it is that they want to do. It's really good for startups and small businesses such as what you're trying to do. And you can look this up online. I won't get into each and every one. I won't get into each and every one of them, but I'll just tell you really quick. The key components of Lean Canvas, there's 10 components of them, that, that it, it addresses the problem, the solution, key metrics, unique value proposition, unfair advantage, customer segments, channels, customer relationships, revenue streams, cost structure, and really that's there's 12. And the last two are key activities and key resources. It sounds like a lot. But when you work it out, lean can the lean canvas model is a really good way of how to structure and visualize your business. So let's get back to those tips. So now number nine, network with existing business owners in your industry. Network. We this is the third step in this in this 10 step 10 tip process that talks about networking and getting knowledge and being an information sponge. No need for further explanation on that. And then number 10, eventually after your foundation is built. Start testing out your business idea one customer at a time. I even have someone now, and this is what I told the returning citizen who's looking to sit there and test out the food dynamic. I have a professor now in our in our department who is looking to start to do to do food delivery or different types of food and cuisines. And she brings in a different dish every week, just not to charge us for it, but just to test it out. Tell us what you think. Is it too salty? Is it too hot? Is it too spicy? Is it just right? 
is this combination you think is a good combination of um, foods to put together? So I told him, you know, continue, you know, test it out one customer at a time. And then the other thing, of course, I'd say get legal advice. LegalZoom.com gives a lot of good legal advice and good, good entry as far as what you want to do and how you want to start your business. But certainly if you're not sure, go to a lawyer, go to an accountant, make sure that you're, you're building and creating the type of business that's right for you. But also, too, if you look up online with the United States Small Business Administration, if you're starting a business here in the United States of America, the, the United States Small Business Administration has 10 steps that they do to help you start your business. And let's go through those 10 steps really quick. Number one, conduct market research. You know, the market research will help you find customers for your business. And this is what I teach in class. Your competitive analysis helps you make your business unique. What makes you special from another business? And look to see how do you how will your business be competitive for a small business? So understand what your market is. Conduct that market research. Number two, write your business plan. We just talked about utilizing the Lean Canvas model as a way to develop your business plan because it's the foundation of your business. And then, you know, when you learn how to write it quickly and, and the Lean Canvas model, I can't endorse it enough as a good way to really... Um, put it, put your ideas together on paper. It helps you say, this is what my business is going to look like and how I want to get this started. Number three, fund your business. It costs money to start a business. Sometimes a lot, sometimes not as much, depending on what it is that you're doing. But funding your business is one of the first and most important financial choices that you as a business owner is going to make. How you choose to fund your business could affect your structure and how you run your business. Number four, pick a business location. Now, your business location determines taxes, zoning laws, regulations your business will be subject to, even if you're going to be a remote business. But you'll need to make that strategic decision about what state, city, neighborhood you choose to start your business in. That all, that all comes into play. Number five, this is where you want a lawyer to be involved in it as well. Choose a business structure, whether you're going to be an LLC or S-Corp or regular C-Corp. Those things could be explained to you by a lawyer. And the business structure that you choose will help, will influence everything from your day-to-day -day operations to the taxes that you pay to how much of your personal assets are at risk. Definitely choose a business structure that gives you the right balance of legal protections and, of course, legal benefits as well. Number six, choose your business name. Sometimes that may feel like an obvious thing, but yes, choose your business name. Find the right name that's that's creative, that's snappy, and that goes well with market research. You know, once you pick your name, you can protect it by when you register your name with the state that you're going to be registered in as, as your business. And that goes into number seven, register your businesses. That's when you, when you register your business, it makes it a complete, distinct, and legal entity. And how you register depends on the structure and where you're going to be located. Number eight, Get federal and state tax IDs. Your state tax and your federal tax ID number, that's when I said your EIN. That's EIN is called your employer identification number. Like I said, it's like that personal social security number for the company. And then that's how that number identifies a company. It's for your business. So that lets you appropriately pay your state and your federal taxes. Number nine, if applicable, apply for licenses and permits. Most small businesses, depending on what you're doing, need a combination of license and permits from both federal and state agencies, depending on what you're doing. And those requirements and fees vary. vary. They based on your business activities, location, uh, government rules. You know, those are the things that you have to do all the time. 
And number 10, open a business bank account. A business bank account, you know, when you're ready to start accepting money for your business, because people won't write the check out to Richard Lewis or to whoever you are or to whoever the returning citizen I was talking to. They write that out to Second Chance Coaching LLC. You know, so the business bank account helps you to stay legally compliant and protected. It also provides benefits to your customers and employees. And then now, once you do all of this, you can open shop, cut the ribbon, make sure your business is officially open, and then you want to grow your business. And these are the things that I'm working on with this returning citizen. I'm so excited. I like the food that he's doing as well. I won't sit there and say what it is yet. I'll wait till he opens it up. And those of you who are in the local area in Florida could see what it is that he's doing. But but as I told him, uh, I see the excitement in his eyes. I see the excitement in my eyes in working with him and knowing that growing that business will continue to grow his purpose. If you're doing it and thinking about starting a business, it will grow your purpose. It provides great focus. It builds confidence and it really continues the success of your reentry journey. So whether you're doing it full time or part time, if it's something in you and you're called on to want to start a business, go ahead and start it. Go ahead and start it. Go ahead and do it. You know, you have the tips. You have you have the research at the palm, at the tip of your fingers. You have us if you want to contact us and you want to talk about it. So, you know, this is being part of being a fulfilling part of your reentry journey and being a fulfilling part of your life is something that I couldn't recommend more. Well, I certainly want to thank you again, as always, for sharing your time with me. Thank you. Thank you always for continuing to spread second chance coaching to your friends, family, and loved ones. Um, I, I'm seeing the statistics that so many people in the U.S., of course, are looking. Um, next to Florida is our biggest listener. Next to Florida this month is so far as California. So thank you to our friends and family in California. Um, we see worldwide, we're getting a lot of uh, listeners in Germany, specifically in Hessen, Germany. So we want to say hello to our friends in Hessen, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, hopefully, in Hessen, Germany. So thank you. And thank you for continuing to spread Second Chance Coaching to your friends, family, and loved ones. We love you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you again for joining us. And we look forward to spending some more time again with you next week. Thank you again for joining us here at Second Chance Coaching. In addition to coaching services for individuals and businesses, I'm also available for speaking engagements and workshops on criminal justice reentry, human resources, as well as organizational culture and leadership. Feel free to email me at richard at secondchancecoaching.com, as well as connect with me on Instagram at the Dr. Richard Lewis. Remember, every day you are given this opportunity for your second chance, and I know you'll make the best of it. I love you all, and I look forward to connecting with you next time here at Second Chance Coaching.